even regardless of how challenging the situation is, uh, for me, what we learned is you, you trust your team. And I don't know if a lot of leaders do this. Some other leaders might actually don't approach it the same way. But for me, the ch more challenges are thrown at us, the, the crazier uh, and complicated problems we try to face, the more we try to trust our employees and we try to trust our team. So it always goes back to them as opposed to coming back to me. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a voice for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. In today's episode, Jeff Bond chats with Enrique Alvarez, Managing Director of Vector Global Logistics. Vector provides world-class logistics services to make their partners and clients more successful while bettering the lives of everyone they come in contact with and creating a positive social impact. Headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, Vector employs approximately 145 employees and has additional offices in Mexico and Chile. Enrique talks to Jeff about the importance of trusting your team, even through challenges, as well as why sticking to your values and being true to yourself pays off. Let's jump into this conversation with Enrique Alvarez. Over to you, Jeff. Enrique, welcome to Chat with Leaders. Such a pleasure to have you here. Jeff, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great getting to know you better. Well, I've been wanting to have you on the show for so long from the moment I've gotten to know you and know you in the social impact community and all the people that speak so highly of the work that you're doing, whether you know it or not. I've just admired your leadership, and it's a wonderful example to share with our listeners today. So just thank you for sharing that gift of uh, who you are and your time today. Thank you so much. And uh, those were very kind words from you. Well, my pleasure. Well, let's jump right into the central theme today of leveraging logistics to make a positive impact on the global economy, which I know you know well. But first, I just want to ask, what do you wish everybody understood about your profession and the purpose that ultimately fuels your why? Yeah, well, in terms of the profession and logistics supply chain in general, it's a very complicated, very dynamic, very comprehensive industry that really touches everything we have, everything we use. So my computer, the uh, mug that I'm holding, the microphone, everything. So it's a very interesting industry. It encompasses a lot of different things. It's very, very comprehensive, as said, and very international. And it just makes the world a smaller place. So uh, I'm really excited to be part of this amazing industry and just be working with this amazing professionals that work in in logistics. Well, I know that you're very purpose-driven. And again, as I said before, that's something that I really admire about you. But who and or what, just in your upbringing, in your story, have shaped your worldviews around using business and influence as a force for good that makes that positive impact in the world? Well, I think this started like very early on in my life. So I would probably have to pin this on my parents. Like both my parents and their example were very instrumental in being the person that I am today. And thank very thankful and grateful to be their son, I guess. And through their example, I really understood the value of working extremely hard. My dad, for example, and my mom, they've both been working really hard. They still work until today, and uh, they never take a day off. They never took a sick day. And they're really a good example of uh, good, hardworking parents. And on top of that, it was always, and this more coming from my mom's side, it's more about always giving back, always helping other people, always kind of like truly believing in the uh, 
mantra, if you will, that if the more you give, the more you get. And so it's been something that's been in my DNA forever. And so it's nothing that kind of changed much throughout my life. I was only reinforced by the examples that I had. And uh, one very good example from my brother, who I also admire and love very much, he's two years younger than me and my sister. But my brother in particular, he had like, uh, he never said anything to anyone. But when we were younger, he had like a plastic bag full of Hot Wheels in the backseat of his car. And I never really understood why he had it. He lent me his car once to go somewhere. And I just asked him and then uh, he didn't want to say he was a little bit cagey about it. But then I found out that every time that he stopped at a light at a stop sign or whatever, and there's in Mexico, a lot of homeless people and some of them, most of them kids that are begging for money. And of course, they then bring the money to their parents and you never really know what they're going to be doing with the money afterwards. So instead of that, he had like this bag full of Hot Wheels that he would just hand out to poor kids on the streets. And for me, that's just a very simple, silly example of kind of the family that they grew up in. And and I'm just very proud and thankful for, for being part of it. That's an incredible story. And my son still has the Hot Wheels are just as popular yeah. today as they used to be. He has a whole bag of them. So I'm going to have to that share this episode with episode, him afterwards. Right? Yeah. So when he starts phasing out, he knows yeah. what he can uh, what he can do with them to bless some people. And remind me and, and our listeners, too, when did you kind of move from Mexico to the U.S.? What was the journey to kind of starting your career and and your college life here? Yeah, so I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, and I work for a flow glass manufacturing company called Grupo Vitro. And after a couple of years of working with them and learning a lot, I actually wanted to continue my professional career. So I decided to apply for business schools. And I, I came to the U.S. in 2004 as the first time that I got to the U.S. to live here. And I've never really, never really left. I I love this country. It's a beautiful country full of opportunities and great, amazing people. So I'm super happy. Both my kids were born here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I consider Atlanta my home now. And business school at Wharton, correct? Correct. Yeah. University a, of Pennsylvania. I had a, a blast, by the way. I'm a Philly guy. I grew up outside of Philly in the Northwest suburbs. I don't know if I ever told you that. You did. You did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you wish, kind of looking back now, as as you've grown in your leadership, that maybe your younger self knew, like before entering into business school, learning some of the timeless principles and all that, how would you kind of advise that younger self about what to expect in your leadership? So I was thinking about this the other day, and I think uh, the one thing, and I think that this is still valid until today, and I wish I had a little bit more of that. And of course, I have many, many flaws and areas of opportunity. This is one of them. It's just patience, right? I feel like people need to just be a little more patient and uh, just consistency as well. Just making sure that once you know what you want and you want to go for it, you just keep doing until you get it right and just be a little more patient i think in general i love that yeah but you know everyone advises us to experience explosive growth and 10x the business in a year or something like that (laughs) you know at the expense of everything else so sometimes putting one foot in front of the other is a good lesson learned for leaders and particularly builders of, of companies Uh, Especially, I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick. Something that I always tell my children is you don't really have to see the whole stairway, right? You just take the first step and then the next one and then the next one. You don't really have to have everything charted and in front of you before you start taking the journey. And I think that's something that... uh, that is very valuable and, and sometimes we forget about. Yes, yes, yeah. And even starting a business or just continuing to pursue new projects, ventures, the unknown, sometimes taking that first step is the hardest part. So you have to have some courage to do that, but then patience along the journey. So really well, well said. So how have your mission, vision, and values now as a purpose-driven company impacted 
your performance as a business? Because I always want to talk to, to our listeners about, hey, you can do well while doing good. And so I'd like to shine a spotlight on how you've been able to do that. Yeah, and I'll actually spin that a little bit. I think that you will um, you will do well if you do good, right? So at the end of the day, I think the culture, the value, and the purpose uh, comes before the results. And we, that has been something very clear to us here at Vector since the very beginning, right? We always strive for making the right decisions. We always strive for being true to our culture and values. And then the results will come. And we're all very, very convinced that that's the case. So so for us, the culture we have, results-based mentality, the passion to give back, the organizational structure that we have, it all basically just adds up to who we are and why we do what we do. And once everyone in our company understands why we do things, then the results will come. I think that there's just no uh, magic wand. There's no kind of special trick. It's uh, just sheer consistency and hard work, basically. And just for a kind of a scale and proof in the pudding, how give us a flyover of the business in terms of employees, impact, your reach around the world. Yeah, so we started in the U.S. in Atlanta, Georgia headquarter. And right now we have about 145 employees. We open offices in Mexico and Monterey and Aguascalientes. And we also have operations in Iquique, Chile and Santiago de Chile. And uh, last year and over the last couple of years, we've been employing people in other countries. So we have someone in China, someone in Vietnam, I just came back from it, and someone in Thailand. And we're trying to continue to grow internationally because that support from local individuals in other parts of the world has been instrumental in closing more accounts and being closer with our partners and having better track and tracing capabilities when it comes to logistics. And of course, after the two years that we've had with the pandemic and everything else, over communicating with the client and making sure that we're there for them and making sure we can respond rapidly to their needs is, has been key and, and in part one of the success stories, if you will, of our company in the last couple of years. Perfect segue into what I think a lot of people are interested to hear from you as a leader in the supply chain logistics space is what have been some of the greatest challenges that you face in this era of the global pandemic, unstable economy, this great resignation that we're in, and just all these conditions that kind of have really been disruptive. Well, without boring your audience about like logistics much, the challenges with the pandemic had a lot to do with multiple things, right? So it was the perfect storm when it came to supply chains. On one hand, you have containers in different parts of the world where they didn't need to be and they were there because of the amazing and the huge amount of PPE that was shipped all over the world. So you have this equipment imbalance that was not helping anyone. You had ports that were congested. You had workers that were getting sick, warehouses that were being shot, truck drivers that couldn't drive. And so it was really a perfect storm from the beginning. And of course, that basically just the reflection of that was us going to the stores and finding out that there's no toilet paper and things like that, right? So it, it really affected every single aspect of the supply chain. And that was a, a really, really big challenge. Now, in terms of what kind of that represented for a company like ours and our culture, I think for us, that was a huge validation of the kind of culture that we have because we're focused on results and results only. We have taken the time and space component out of the equation and by measuring performance by results and results only, no matter where we were, no matter at what time we need to work, no matter what we needed to do, we got the job done. And so for us, 
we actually grew over the last couple of years. And for me in particular, it was really validation of what we've been trying to do since we started and, and how important our culture is to what we do. And going back to your other question, I think it was also the reflection of why sticking to your values and culture and being true to your nature really pays off. Couldn't agree with you more. So you got logistics with a purpose, you're results-based, and you're a people-first company with a desire to truly improve the lives of your generous, caring, supportive relationship that you built in your culture internally and externally with your stakeholders. And I would argue that that's a good way to survive a global pandemic and all the disruption when a lot of the supply chain companies have really been challenged, you know, amidst this, and yet you're growing. So really great uh, evidence of uh, why you can do well while doing good. And so what is something that, from your perspective, other leaders in your industry and really in other verticals should stop or start doing just to give their business the best opportunity to endure while also taking into account this social and environmental sense of responsibility? Yeah, well, and I say this very humbly. First and foremost, I don't feel any better than anyone out there, right? So I learned a lot from everyone. I think that every leader that was around for the last couple of years through the pandemic and is in logistics or survived this deserves all the praise and credit that we can give them because it was not easy. And I want to make sure that everyone really understands that the dock workers and truck drivers and delivery guys, I mean, those guys were the unsung heroes of this pandemic almost as much as the doctors and nurses, right? So they kept the economy going and not only in this country, but in all the countries in the world. So they're really the true leaders and I'm super inspired by their example in my company, I'm very inspired by my team and what they do. So I'm just grateful that they let me be part of the team. They'll eventually kick me out because they're just so good. But um, answering your question, I, I feel like I always go back to the culture. So what I think that has worked for me and for, for our team is always putting the culture first and always putting our employees first. So even regardless of how challenging the situation is, for me, what we learned is you, you trust your team. And I don't know if a lot of leaders do this. Some other leaders might actually don't approach it the same way. But for me, the ch more challenges are thrown at us, the the crazier and complicated problems we try to face, the more we try to trust our employees and we try to trust our team. So it always goes back to them as opposed to coming back to me. So in most companies, something that I feel happens is when things go wrong, everyone looks up to the leader. And I don't believe that. I think that when things happen and it's super wrong, the leader already had to do their job for the team to react correctly. So for us, when things happen, we use our team and we they're the ones usually pushing and pulling us out of uh, anything. So for me, trusting in your culture, trusting in your employees, letting the employees do what they're trained to do and really just working together as a team, listening to each other, I think is critical if you want to continue kind of growing and facing challenges. And, and we're going to continue having these challenges, it seems like, right? So there's nothing that I believe is going to be different going forward. I think this is a new normal. Mm. So I've witnessed, if I could summarize, I've witnessed humility, a sense of humanity and gratitude 
towards those that are on the front lines doing the work, empowering your people and trusting them uh, to do what is right versus trying to take the credit and truly looking at the the servant mindset of how you build a team and, and what servant leadership truly looks like. A lot of people want to call themselves a servant leader, but it really means to, to think of yourself as the least of them and that other people make it possible. So thank you Especially for- Especially when things don't go right, right? It's super easy to do things when everything's nice and steady, but when things go wrong is when you're really tested as a leader. And I think that that's when you really have to trust your team the most. Yes, absolutely. That accountability is key. Well, Enrique, I could talk to you all day, but I want to close with just a lot of leaders look at the challenges of today, the great resignation or the unstable economy or just the disruptive time that we're in in this post-pandemic era or whatever you want to call it, we're still in it. What gives you the most hope right now? What gets you kind of charged up, forging ahead, faithfully knowing that, hey, there's a bright future ahead? All that energy I get from the new generations that are working with us, right? So the younger people, people that are just coming out of college, people that have been out working for the last five to 10 years. I really see hope in the way they do things and the way they make decisions and the way they truly, truly buy from companies that mean something, right? So they're a little bit smarter. They're a little bit more careful in their decisions. They actually take into consideration sustainability and social responsibility and all these different things that maybe our generation didn't do. So I'm very hopeful. I'm very optimistic most of the time, as my team would probably tell you. And I think that a few caring people can and will definitely change the world. And that's why why I truly believe in what we do and why I wake up every morning excited to work with the people that we have and the team that we have and super excited about hiring even more individuals that are like-minded. I'm hopeful. I think that there's really not a lot of uh, problems or challenges out there that us as human beings, if we come together, can resolve. It's just a matter of us coming together and making sure that we all understand that we're, we're all in this world, no matter if you're left, right, black, white, whatever. I just it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you have. At the end of the day, we're all part of this planet and we actually work to understand that and try to really cherish it and uh, acknowledge it as opposed to trying to continue to divide each other. I think we'll we'll see it and, and I'm hopeful. I think the new generations see it. So I'm, I think we're in good hands. The beautiful, inclusive, and perfect vision of the future of our next generation. I, I'm with you on Gen Z, giving me a ton of hope. And with my Gen Alphas coming right behind them, <laughs> super, super excited for uh, for them having these kind of predecessors ahead of them. So, And a few caring people will definitely change the world. I love Absolutely. those words. Uh, Enrique, if people wanted to learn more and, and engage with your brand or, or with you online, where would you direct them? Yeah, well, Jeff, thank you so much. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can do LinkedIn, uh, just under Enrique Alvarez. If you want to learn a little bit more about our culture and our company and our services, go to VectorGL.com, www.VectorGL.com, and you'll find all the information there as well. Well, a purpose-driven leader and logistics with a purpose, my friends. Enrique, it was such a blessing to have you on the show today. And again, thank you for your gift of time. Jeff, thank you so much for having me here. It was a blast and I look forward to talking to you soon. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcast so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. 
Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.